Feminist History Party, you've been waiting for it. This is Nevertheless, She Existed. This is the podcast about the women of history who are underappreciated, overlooked, or sometimes completely forgotten about. The stories you'll hear about on this podcast are recorded live in New York City at Caveat, your favorite speakeasy that gets you a little smarter and a little drunker on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. On each episode, we invite kick-ass storytellers, comedians, academics, and activists to celebrate one lady from history who will knock your fucking socks off. All right. So Molly and I are going to give you a little <laughs> bit of context, some history. And in the meantime, go to the store, buy some socks and get ready to have them knocked the fuck off. <laughs> I need more socks. They're constantly knocked off. Our tech director, Paula, keeps buying them for me. Thank it's you, really Paula. Nice. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Molly. And I know you didn't ask, but when I was a kid, <laughs> the way that I used to masturbate is... Um, we had a, a little playset in the back, and you know those ropes with the knots in it that oh my, people use? Yeah. I would just sort of park on one of those knots <laughs> and stay there for truly hours. One time my mom was calling me in for dinner, and I was just on this rope, and I wouldn't get off. I just didn't eat dinner. Oh, my God. Oof. Your uh, mom was like, she loves that rope swing. Yeah. Wow. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm not coming in. Um, I'm just coming. Uh, <laughs> my name is Kylie. Um, and mom and dad, please turn this episode off now. How are you still listening, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Holloway? How? Um, all I'm going to say is that uh, I was a horse girl for a reason. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Folks, we are ending this podcast series with a bang, a self-bang, lady bang. Uh, <laughs> we, this is our final episode of our Boss of Her Body series. Um, and because of the, the topic of this series and because we are mm-hmm. who we are, we've talked a lot about abortion on this podcast, uh, so much so that we just got a review on Apple scathing oh. that said, um, Molly, will you give us a dramatic reading? Okay. Um, Always in need, says, disappointed. <laughs> Was excited about listening to the stories, but when you start bragging about being for abortion and touting your gay pride, kind of made me sick. Ooh. Slam! Burn! Dunk. <laughs> yeah, we got dunked. Um, honestly, Kylie, if we can make one homophobic person a little sick per episode, we have done our job. That's it. Um, so please uh, leave us a review on Apple. <laughs> Help us recover from yeah. Always in Need's scathing review. What are you in need of? Ugh. Endless uh, void. Uh, uh, orgasm. Um, <laughs> on this episode, we're going to be hitting all the places that make you feel good about the past, Ooh. treating ourselves to some historical knowledge, and just making sure to rub the right spots on the timeline. You guessed it, babes. We're talking about jacking off. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not like a prude person, but just saying jacking off like that just gives me feeling. What about jilling off? Okay, here we go. That's, because that's, everything has to have a lady version, right? It's true. Yeah, doctress, lawyeress, lawyeress, uh, jacking off, master best, master best. We got there. Oh my god. Um, so. Our lady from history, uh, spoiler alert, was erased, not because she fucked up and not because she was bad at her job, but, but because she talked about something that people honestly have been doing since the dawn of time. Masturbating. Whee! Yes. More on that later. But uh, for now, we want to, you know, warm you up with a brief massage of the history of masturbation. I didn't like that one as much. <laughs> Fuck you. I wrote it. Um, 
is distracting. Again, mom and dad turn off this episode. Why are you still listening, Mr. and Mrs. Holloway? <laughs> okay, so we are going to start with literally the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 28,000 years ago. Uh, in 2005, um, some, science, some archaeologists were uh, on an excavation in Germany and they discovered the earliest dildo in history. (laughs) Um, The scientists who discovered it uh, mentioned that it was highly polished. Are you serious? Yeah, what a sicko. Oh my God. And of course it was in Germany. I don't know why that just makes so much sense. Um, (laughs) Um, And again, people have always been masturbating. Always, always. You know, we always got to take it back to ancient Egypt, y'all. So this just tickles me so much. So according to legend, the Egyptian god Adam created the universe after ejaculating from masturbation. So just, you know, let it rip and then everything existed. His name was Adam? A-T-U-M. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, an Egyptian god named, named Brian. <laughs> Brian was just jerking off in his basement and then the world was born. Um, so they thought that the flow of the Nile was connected to the number of times that the gods ejaculated. Oh. So if there's a heavy flow, you know, you got a lot of people jerking off in there. Uh, so this became a ritual and during the feast of nim each year uh the pharaoh alongside a bunch of other like municipal employees i guess (laughs) uh went to the shores of the nile and just jerked off this image to me is just so funny uh just jerked off and performed you know this holy ritual great (laughs) um and we got to talk about cleopatra too ancient egypt because there is a rumor not confirmed as fact that to get off she took an empty gourd and filled it with a bunch of bees and then just stuck it up her vagina we're not so, so it vibrated so it vibrated yeah no. <laughs> gotta explain just that. she enjoyed the thought that bees were slowly dying in, a, in, a, in an airless gourd in her vagina she stuck it up there and then was like wait it's not someone's like hey, you were supposed to put air holes in it you need to put air holes cleo we've been over this <laughs> Again, we've been masturbating for forever. <laughs> with apologies to the bees. Um, uh, we gotta, we're going to shift now over to ancient Greece, um, where uh, they had an invention called an olispocolix, which I'm sure I'm butchering, uh, which was a dildo literally made of bread. Um, How? This, uh, so we have two different sources that confirm this. One is a 5th century vase uh, that 5th century BC uh, that has a uh, a woman holding a vase of bread dicks. <laughs> oh my god, this is so meta. It's so meta. It. It's I a it. woman holding a vase full of bread dicks on a vase full of bread dicks. Listen, forget everything you know about art. <laughs> meta bread dick vases are in! I would... I want one. Can we I want the bed to put one on display. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second source is this guy named Herondas, uh, uh, who uh, wrote an S- I wrote a story called Two Friends, which is uh, two ladies talking about these dildos. What? Um, yeah, and one lady's like, you gotta get it. <laughs> it's amazing. And then it ends with one of the women going off to seek her own treasure. That is amazing. Yeah. And this needs to be a CBS show. Um, or, Molly, uh, if anyone on listening to this podcast will give us uh, some seed money, we'll just go open a ah (laughs) we'll just go um open a bread dick shop in williamsburg oh my god yes please quit our jobs that's Um, our plan b and again people have always been been masturbating masturbating. and it was fine for the majority of time until guess who comes along uh the catholic church and proves (laughs) everything up and says it's um it's a sin it's It's a heinous crime against god people really jumped on board with this idea even doctors and psychiatrists one of which was named Jean-Étienne Escourol, Squirrel. who 
a squirrel. <laughs> squirrel doctor. Um, who, he classified masturbation as a mental disorder, and he said that masturbation is, uh, quote, recognized in all countries as a cause of insanity. Sure. And it was classified as a mental disorder in the U.S. until 1968. That is late. That is so late. Sheer lord. Um, and in 1972, the American Medical Association pronounced it as normal. Normal. They put out a press release. One guy was like, this is normal now, right? This is cool. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, and they said that because... People have I've always been, been masturbating. masturbating. Um, and uh, we then have the pelvic massage around the same time, which was used to cure hysteria in the Victorian era. You've probably heard of this, so we'll sum it up quick. Basically, dumb, dumb male doctors believe that 80% of white upper class women's ailments were caused by their lady parts. And the only cure was to bring them to a state of hysterical paroxysm, a.k.a. to make them orgasm. You say tomato, I say tomato, you say paroxysm. I say make me come till I cry. He's <laughs> <laughs> been going to the doctor a lot. I'm coming out crying, but smiling. <laughs> um, you know, this happened because, again, people have always been masturbating, uh, sometimes with the help of a doctor. Uh, you know who I actually don't think masturbated a lot, though? Who? John Kellogg. What a great ending to this. <laughs> he does. Of cereal fame. So apparently um, he invented cornflakes as a way to diminish one's sex drive mm. to stop people from masturbating. Um so he was one of these guys. He literally did a tour around America, an anti-masturbation tour. And so it he, was so fun. It was terrifying. <laughs> Are you guys going to anti-masturbation concert tonight? Um, <laughs> I heard it's going to be really cool. <laughs> um, so then he invented these cornflakes uh, because apparently eating cool foods would tame your desire and passion for yourself, uh, which mm -hmm. is funny because every time I eat corn pops. What happens? Jack up. <laughs> it's that sugar, baby. Um, the point of all of this, let's say it together one last time. People, People have, have always been, been masturbating. masturbating. That's the point. That's the, the summary, our thesis statement. Mm -hmm. People always have and always will. So let's celebrate a lady who knew about masturbating and who took a risk by telling everyone else about it. Her story is right after the break. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan. Thinking back to our history classes growing up, we had one question. Where are the ladies at? Enter Encyclopedia Womanica. In just five minutes a day, learn about the trials, tragedies, and triumphs of groundbreaking women from antiquity to modernity. Every weekday, we're highlighting a different woman who you may or may not know about, but definitely should. Tune into Encyclopedia Womanica for a daily dose of stories, human moments, and historical breakthroughs. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Woo! Yeah! What's up, Ty? Oh my gosh, I love being at the tail end of this. I'm just like crying in the back. I, so I do want to just like dispel, like I feel like everyone's looking at me and they're like, she's so exotic, what she's going to talk about. Um, I'm a Cancer Gemini Moon Virgo rising, so that's why I've been crying in the back this entire show. I'm so emotional. Um, okay, hi. I'm going to talk about uh, Jocelyn Elders. Does anyone know who uh, that wonderful lady is? She's still alive. She's still around, bopping around. Um, 
She's pretty tight. Uh, okay, so I feel like the way I talk, nobody knows that I'm like an actually highly educated person. But when I, uh, I'm like, I smoke weed, but I do have a master's is kind of my vibe. Uh, but you know, so Jocelyn Elders, yeah, it is very much, this is how I did my master's thesis performance. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's okay, I went to NYU, so they're like, whatever, you paid. Um, <laughs> We love a real estate company. Okay, so anyways, Jocelyn Elders was the first black woman surgeon general of the United States of America. And as you uh, may have heard, she did get fired. She only was actually like in office or occupying that space um, September 1993 to December 1994. And like, I'm so young. <laughs> No, I was alive. Uh, <laughs> sadly, I was alive. But so it was, you know, barely a year that she held that space. And the reason why she actually got fired, so she was forced to, she forcibly was asked to leave office, right? So basically she got fucking fired, right? Am I allowed to go? She got fucking fired. I'm cursing. Okay. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> so Jocelyn, I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, so she was forcibly asked to leave, and it's kind of a crazy story before I delve into like what she did for abortion rights. I do feel like sex education, there's no inextricably like unlinking these two things, so here we go. Um, so she got fired because there was an HIV AIDS conference, and somebody raised their hand and was like, uh, <laughs> if my kid's gonna flip their bean, are they going to give AIDS to people, like HIV AIDS? Uh, and I'm quoting for sure, yeah, I'm quoting. And she was just like, no, and BTW, that's right, she did also start the term BTW, no, uh, <laughs> I'm just lying, I'm like, I'm, like the, I'm like the Indian version of Trump, I'm just lying and lying, no, that's, that's Modi. Okay, anyways, um, sorry, uh, <laughs> yikes, I'm getting a script. Uh, <laughs> But so she was like, you know, here's the other thing. Masturbation is completely normal for children to do. Whoa! And all these fucking politicians, including our beloved man on the saxophone, Clinton, right? Um, he was like, what the fuck? You have to leave. This is crazy that you're saying this. Like, why would you say masturbation is normal? Um, it's not, uh, I've never masturbated. Hillary's never <laughs> masturbated. Like, nobody's ever masturbated. What are you saying? You gotta go. So she was like forced to leave, right? So that's like kind of her claim to fame, right? But the whole thing is that like, she still does work. She went back to Arkansas where she's from and like actively like went through her communities and was like continuing to do the work. She didn't like leave office and was like, well, I'm done with this. Like, right, kept doing it. I'm just imagining her boy. If she ever hears this, she'll call me because my phone number is readily available and <laughs> we'll be like, you dumb, dumb bitch. <laughs> You know, so here's a little backtrack of that, now that we know that's the basis of her claim to fame, right? So um, Jocelyn Elders, uh, born 1933. Anyone else in the house? What's up, my 1933 born and raised? Yes, bitch. You're out past eight. That will not be me <laughs> in a year, <laughs> okay? Uh, but born August 13, 1933, classic Leo. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. She's a pediatrician. Right, she's a public health worker. Uh, and the whole thing is she comes from this really crazy background. She's the eldest of eight, right? Grew up in Arkansas. And uh, she was graduated valedictorian of her class. Again, a young black woman 
in Arkansas. Like, odds are stacked against her, for sure. And she goes to school, she gets a BS in biology, and then she spends three years in the fucking army in 1953. Where were we, Korea or some dumb shit, right? Like, <laughs> doing, doing, doing some horrible business and nobody's, you know, we shouldn't have been there. <laughs> Anyways, I just started talking about Vietnam for no reason. <laughs> like, totally unrelated. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then she gets an MD at University of Arkansas. 1960, and then an MS in biochemistry, 1967. So she's also a pediatrician, right? So when she's saying these statements of, like, masturbation, like, she's coming from a place of being like, hey, uh, I'm a doctor for kids. And they're like, liar! (laughs) Right, for sure. So she has these, like, quote-unquote radical views, which is crazy, because, again, she is holding this office in 93, right? That's kind of recent. So it's really an insane thing to think about that she was getting fired for these views, that this is, like, you know, abortion is still in the popular vernacular, all these things. Um, And so I pulled some of, like, my favorite quotes. One of the things is she did call those opposed to abortion as slave masters, um, which I love, because I feel like if a white woman did it, I'd be like, "Mm, you're pushing it, right? (laughs) You're pushing, you're really pushing for this. But because I'm like, you know, like, she means it in this way that, like, trauma's inherited, right? So if we're thinking about, like, black women trauma, if we're thinking about historically, like, women of color trauma in a world view, like, we're thinking that, like, it's true. Like, she has the right to say that. And when she does say that, it is actually one million times more powerful than when anybody else says that, right? For when we think about she's the oldest of eight growing up in Arkansas and becomes this highly educated woman and takes her platform and is able to be like, y'all are fucking slave masters and I mean that with my ancestors in my bones it just really felt like that was pretty tight (laughs) and so here's one of the quotes that in in um in this moment when she's like calling them slave masters um after that she says if Medicaid does not pay for abortions does not pay for family planning but pays for prenatal care and delivery that's saying that I'll pay for you to have another good healthy slave but I won't pay for you to use your brain to make choices for yourself. Yeah, and it's like, like, okay, tight. (laughs) I'd like split a joint with that girl, you know? (laughs) I start playing girl blunt Um, anyways, but like, I do think that it is, um, she brings to this light that like, black women at this point, and at this point now and then uh, are not, being, these words are, the weight of them are, are exponentially heavier than when anybody else in this country are saying them, right? Like, she fought for her education, she fought to be on this platform, she fought to say the word slave masters and get quoted in this and being able to say this, um, and is in this process when she's saying this of getting fired from a high up position, right? Like. And she's still unafraid. She goes back to Arkansas. She continues doing work for sex education and sex health in fucking Arkansas. Like, what is there? (laughs) Mall of America isn't there is what I found out in this research. I was like, Arkansas, Mall of America. And my friend was like, no, Minneapolis, you dumb bitch. (laughs) I am from Jersey, so only the East Coast exists. If anything between LA and New York, I'm like, what? (laughs) Mall of America is somewhere in there. <laughs> is like my whole thing. But another, like, uh, other things that I want to quote before I run out of time and quickly dissipate into the dust. Um, 
She was also known for thinking that healthcare is a human rights issue, so she believes in universal healthcare, right? Like, this is not something new that we're fighting for. I feel like when people are voting now, they're like, have you heard of universal healthcare? And I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's something that is historic, right? She was super progressive from the start. Um, I just also wrote masturbation a ton of times here. Um, <laughs> I'm like, is this my stand-up or? <laughs> Just this masturbation over and over again. I'm like, oh, it's my train of thought writing. Um, <laughs> but it believes it should be a part of sex ed, which also goes hand in hand with like alternatives to, like when we think about sex education, a lot of the times why abortion is not a part of that is like also why like masturbation's not a part of that. Like we don't think about alternatives for sex health for our body's health right like regardless of gender like everybody should know this shit and also like i feel like a lot of people who have abused me i'm like you should have just wanked off like <laughs> less screaming am i right <laughs> okay dark i know everybody really hated that okay <laughs> okay interesting <laughs> nobody likes to rape jokes <laughs> wrong show uh, <laughs> no it's, there's never a right show for that never right show. I will say that one of my favorite quotes is that she also said we must stop our love affair with the fetus. <laughs> Which is like pretty tight because it sounds like the start of like a soap opera. <laughs> like you walk in, it's just her being like we must stop our love affair with the fetus. And then you have someone wearing like a huge cross. I don't know. I, I'm not from a secular place. Uh, <laughs> so I just imagine like all priests wear like huge cross like a la Flavor Flav. <laughs> And they're like, no, <laughs> I love the fetus and little boys. Um, okay, really, all right, all right, all right. How are we feeling about that? Again, not from a secular religion. I can uh, kind of hesitantly dabble in those jokes. Okay. If you hate it, you're racist. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> I start screaming like, don't tell me what to do! Mom! I'm just nervous because my mom's going to hate my new hair color. Okay, anyways, I'm nervous. I'm practicing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, no, my therapist says I shouldn't apologize, so I'm feeling stable, is what she says. <laughs> I should say. Thank you. Thank you. I'm feeling stable. She also has this really great quote where she says, I want every child that's born in the world to be planned and wanted. Isn't that so sweet? Oh, I just want to know her whole birth chart when she says that. She has some cancer in there for sure. Because I feel like she's coming from it with empathy. And I think that's a lot of what I'm hearing tonight when I'm listening to all these people who are abortion rights activists. And like, there's a lot of like empathy and um, realness to all of these. Like, these people aren't just here to just be leftist turds, right? Like, I'm a leftist turd for the sake of being a leftist turd. Like, Christmas Eve, I had a first date, and I woke up Christmas morning and read to him um, this book called The Ghost of Karl Marx, right? Like, I'm a leftist turd. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of these abortion rights activists, every single person I've met who is fighting for these things are not doing these things just for the fucking sake of it, right? Like, there is a moment where you're like, you're actually fighting for making sure that every child has a place and space and opportunity. And I think that's the basis of everything that we're talking about when we talk about abortion rights and sex education and all these things that are super interlinked. It's not just like, yeah, uh, I want to fuck. Because <laughs> like, yeah, I want to fuck. But like, I also want to make sure all children are educated. <laughs> all right? Like, I work at a bookstore, okay? 
And I think you can want to fuck and want to make sure that every child is able to have the opportunity to grow up healthy and safe. And so I think that's what Jocelyn Elders brings to the table. I think that's what everyone who we've talked about tonight has brought to the table. And that's what Molly brings to the table. And uh, thanks, guys, for being so Thanks for having me. That was Artie Golapudi telling the story of Jocelyn Elders. Artie Golapudi is a Brooklyn-based comedian who received her Bachelor of Music from Berkeley College, ever heard of it? And mm-hmm. Master's of Arts in Performance Studies from NYU. Tish, she uses comedy as a tool to open dialogue about identity, trauma, and farts, baby. <laughs> you can catch her around town in New York City or follow her, please, at Artie Party on Instagram and Twitter. We love her so She's much. She's so sweet. Um, that was such an amazing story, and the best news is that Jocelyn Elders is still kicking. She's still hanging out. She's not dead yet. Uh, And she continues to raise her voice to promote comprehensive sex education, access to abortion and reproductive health care, and she advocates for more women and people of color in the healthcare profession. We love it. Such a badass. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, this brought up a lot of questions for me. (laughs) This this whole series brought up so many questions. Mm -hmm. And number one is, why are men so obsessed with our uterus? Why? It is our uteruses if you have U- one. Actually, um, uteri, Your uteri? That's what oh. I say. Okay. <laughs> but, like, it's just this weird part of your body, right? Like, it's so... It's just... It's, like, getting obsessed with, like, your ear and controlling it. It is just not... I mean, I get that it's, like, reproductive function, but it just... <laughs> it is so bizarre to me that, like, this is the thing, right? Yeah. It's like, why don't they get obsessed with our ovaries? That's more... That's because, Carly, they don't know what they are or where they are or how they work. Well, they, they don't know that about your uterus either. It's so the ignorance around anatomy <laughs> is so wild. There was a politician who thought you could swallow a camera and the camera would end up in your vagina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, these, these are the people who are trying to pass laws saying that you have no choice in what happens to your body. It's so wild. So I'm so... It, it is. This is truly a question I ask myself every day. Why so obsessed? And why do you hate women's sexuality so much? Because it's threatening. This is all deeply. All these people we cover on this show. Yeah. Um, uh, all the people who tell the, tell their stories are so badass and so deeply threatening to these men, to the patriarchy, to uh, social structures that they literally will do anything to keep you in your place. Well, and the one thing that connects all of these women, right, is this like bodily autonomy, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing they have first and then everything else comes with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're able to control what they do with their body, who they fuck, uh, where they go, um, <laughs> whether what where, what country it leaves, you know what I mean? Like, um, uh, having that autonomy is really the thing that uh, sort of launches them into history, right? Yeah, um, and it's incredible to hear these stories throughout history to be like, holy shit, you took control. Explorers, yeah. Are astronomers, nuns, <laughs> nuns, all, all these women who were who gave a big fucking middle fing- finger to people telling them what to do and where to go and how to use their body. So I'm I'm just like so psyched we finally got to do this repro episode because it's the thread I think that ties all of these stories together so beautifully. I think so. Um, so cheers to these badass women who have fought for control and enjoyment of their own bodies. Yes, enjoyment from Bridget to Jocelyn. Um, we are gonna. T- take a quick break here at Nevertheless She Existed, Uh, but don't worry, we're going to be back this Mm -hmm. summer with more kick-ass episodes about women from history, and in the meantime, please stay in touch, follow us on Twitter, on our new Instagram, uh, both at SheExistedPod, and join us monthly at our live shows at Caveat in New York City. We'd love to see your face.
spaces. Uh, we love you. Make good choices. Be nice <laughs> to other ladies and queers. And masturbate. Every day. Go that find work. a rope with a knot in it. <laughs> Bye. We love you. Bye. <laughs> Hey, y'all. If you love this show and want to support us, please tell your friends. The more people who listen, the more we get to do this. And if you're near New York City at all, bring them to our live show. Nevertheless, She Existed is a production of Caveat Media. It's produced by me, Kylie Holloway, and edited by Paula Pickren. Our executive producers are Kate Downey and Ben Lilly. Head to caveat.nyc for live shows and coming soon, more podcasts. And if you like this podcast, please remember to hit that subscribe button and rate and review. Subscribe!